In today's episode, we are going to discuss Joe Biden's vice presidential pick. It's going to be very interesting. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is RX Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair and our take on it. Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Going over to Twitter, follow us at Hanging With Apes. Going over to our website, that's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop music, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. You might notice that the quality of this episode is a little bit different than what you're normally used to. We had some uh, technical issues where we usually record in our studio, but we're still going to make it happen. We still have some really good on-the-go mics, so we're recording this episode on-the-go. We're actually in my truck right now. We're going to go handle some business, but on our way to handle some business, we're going to give you guys a really good episode, and it's all about... Kamala Harris, Joe Biden's vice presidential pick. Wow. <laughs> it's it, it's crazy because I kind of expected it in prior episodes that we've talked about who he's going to pick for vice president or his vice president pick, vice presidential nominee. I thought it would be her. She was amongst the names that I had thrown out. She was actually amongst the names that most people were throwing out. Especially when Joe Biden early on on the campaign trail during the primaries said that he is committed to picking not only a woman, but a woman of color. Like you really painted yourself into a corner there, didn't you, Joe? Uh, just off the bat, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I mean... It's pretty much in tune with the route that the left has been going anyway. So on that regard, uh, eh, I, I could see it. On um, if I were a, a Democrat and you know a more moderate Democrat, and she was picked, I'd be pretty upset because she's not moderate. Um, Even though. Yeah. The New York Times, the day that she was announced as Joe Biden's yeah. vice presidential pick, called her a pragmatic moderate. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah, I did see that article. And it was just, it was funny how quickly that came out. Without really looking at the track record, um, you you think that, you'd think that pe the people that don't like Trump due to some of the stuff that he's done when it comes to like saying, oh, I'm going to bring law enforcement into into the cities if the if, if the city you know doesn't take care of this looting and all this that's going on but then they'll look past her draconian measures on certain things that she's kind of talked about when it comes to like i remember her talking about, about something with the schools that she is willing to lock parents up for truancy yes yeah for truancy and that's like man that's that's pretty wild yeah that's and, pretty draconian and she also said that within her first 100 days in office she's going to leave it 
to Congress to get their act together about guns and gun control and that if they don't, she'll do it by way of executive order. Yeah, yeah. So you see where she stands on things. Um, I do believe that the New York Times is or was aware and still is aware of her record when it comes to her, the politics and the policies that she backs. I just think that they know it's in the best interest of the Democratic Party to label her a pragmatic moderate because the reality is that she's probably a liability for Joe Biden. And so I think a lot of people are going to be coming out of the woodwork trying to make her look better and more moderate and less extreme than what she really is. But um, I don't know. It seems like people are going to see through it. It seems like people are already starting to see through it. I mean, just right off the bat, this is policy that we're talking about. We're not even into her personal, moral character, the integrity that she has or doesn't have. We're just talking policy right now, currently. And when it comes to that stuff, she is rather extreme. I mean, even in a recent interview, when she was on the primary campaign trail, she was asked about health care for undocumented people here in the United States. Oh, yeah. And she pretty much said, not in these exact words, that I'm going to give all illegals free health care, but she said, under my watch, nobody will suffer from a lack of health care. Like, they try to they try to sugarcoat it and phrase it in a way where it makes it more digestible to, to the viewer. Like, oh, well, if you don't want illegals to have health care, that means you don't care about people. You're not a humanitarian because nobody's going to die from a lack of health care under my watch. But who's going to pay for that? Yeah. Because everything would collapse. Like, if, if every single undocumented person came to the United States and was going to get free health care, who would pay for that? How would you ever even be able to do that? And then... Truly is Medicare for all in her eyes. I mean, Medicare for the world. Yeah. Like, not just Medicare, because for all is yeah. for all citizens. Yeah. No, no, this is Medicare for the world. All of the world. Um, so that's pretty crazy. And then, again, she reiterated that same sentiment on a debate stage when she when the presidential candidates were asked about whether or not they would support health care for illegals and the majority of them raised their hand i think with the exception of a few which i don't even remember currently who was it that didn't raise their hand to be honest with you because i don't think tulsi gabbard uh, was there i think every single one of them raised their hands every single one of them it's wild. Yeah. She, she's a she's a micromanager, too, which is terrible as a president. You'll see sometimes with Trump, uh, he bows out of certain arguments, and he just says, it's up to the states. The states decide. Yeah. And people try and kind of reel him in, like, let's say, for abortion or uh, stuff like that. You know, things that have to do statewide, what the state believes, what the state, you know, this is a republic. He's the type to kind of be like, well, you guys do your own thing, you know? And that's largely how he handled 
the coronavirus, which now, as things start to move forward and we open up again and we see what's going on around the world, we see that that was probably a good way of handling it. Let states handle it on a, you know, let things go on a state-by-state basis. What I can do federally, I will do, but I'm not going to do a federal mandate for masks because some places don't need masks and I'm not going to make a state adhere to the laws that other states adhere to because every state is different. It's a case-by-case basis. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's just how you handle something like that. So when they say, oh, your lack of a plan, his lack of a plan, well, there are certain measures they can assist, they can help, they can be there federally. You need our help, take our help. If you don't, if you think you have this, go ahead and take care of it. Uh, and, and I think uh, that's part of what living in the United States of America is all about. You know? Yeah. Um, and you can't... There are certain boundaries you do not pass. 100%. And, and, uh, or cross, rather. And I think uh, we've learned that. We've learned from from past laws that were passed. You know? Yeah. Patriot Act was one of them. Where, oh, well, you know, because of terrorism. But now we, we're all spied on? Because now that, that we've let the government just stretch their hand and overreach through things that, like, they, they shouldn't have the right to you know and it's something that has largely been quashed around the world and yet the patriot act still exists yes it's still there see it's not like the end of the dark night where he has that thing where it spies on everybody's cell phone in gotham but then when lucius fox types his name and the machine destroys itself it's like all right we use this for what we needed it for but now we're done with this which many people see the Dark Knight as an allegory for how Bush fought terrorism and, yeah. you know, the importance of fighting terrorism at the time. Um, but yeah. that's not the case with the American government. That is still something that is still there. And, you know, who knows how long it'll be there, the Patriot Act. Yeah, yeah. So, and well, we've basically compared... And it's, it's so funny because we, we veered toward this without even kind of trying. We didn't in, in, in pre-production say, oh, well, we're going to uh, put Harris against Trump. But that's basically what it what seems like it's going to be more than Biden versus Trump. Yeah, um, Harris is yeah. definitely the, the energetic one of the two. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you see the, the, the differences. Now, my question is, and of course... We know this off bat is Biden limited himself by saying, oh, well, I'm going to get a woman of color to be my vice president. But out of the choices that were there, do you feel that from his end, from his quote unquote promise, do you feel that that was the best pick for him off of his metric? No, because you could have you could have got if you were going to go off of the Biden metric, you could have went with Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. woman woman of color so right there you would have you definitely would have had you would have had the same metric and you would have been able to apply that metric and you would have gotten a whole bunch of moderates Uh, i think tulsi gabbard is liked enough even by republicans where a lot of people on the fence 
would have would have rocked with her. And she's a woman that I think a lot of people feel good about. There's something about women in politics that's very interesting, if you notice. It seems like women in politics, by and large, when it comes to the perspective of men, they're either loved or they're hated. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of middle ground when it comes to women in politics. Like, for instance, Pete Buttigieg. He's cool, whatever. Like, he's a Democrat. I don't really rock with him, but I don't, like, have anything against him. And I think most men that are into politics, that know about politics, that know what's going on, would probably feel the same way about Pete Buttigieg. Now, you mentioned Hillary Clinton, and you're going to see a lot of, like, pure dislike, damn near hatred for Hillary Clinton. I think you get a lot of that with Kamala Harris. Like, she is... Just Hillary. yeah, she's just about as unlikable as Hillary. Like yeah. she's she's up there as far as people not liking her. Tulsi Gabbard doesn't have that. Like yeah. Tulsi Gabbard is very likable. Tulsi Gabbard essentially single handedly destroyed Kamala Harris's presidential run. I mean, like after that 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 bashing that Kamala Harris took from Tulsi Gabbard. That was pretty much the end, or the at least the beginning of the end, uh, and I think that's that's something that's gonna that's gonna resonate with people. Why? And a question for you is: Why would Joe Biden, or in why would you think Joe Biden would pick somebody that the voters already said no to? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. in. In this election, they already said no to Kamala Harris. He painted himself into a box. It was it was a problem of his own making. I, I don't make a lot of sense of it because like she called, she basically said he was a rapist when they asked her uh, asked her about the, the 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 woman that was accusing him of of you know, basically me tooing Joe Biden. Um, she she basically called him a racist, so just off of that, like I'd be like, oh well, you you're not you're not gonna get picked by me. Like you're on some you're on some bullshit because I'm not racist and I'm not a rapist, you know. So then, that's the way I would take that. You burnt that bridge a long time ago, um, so I really don't don't make too much sense of it. But the thing is, though, he's taking the same approach that, that Hillary did. I mean, Hillary's approach to going against Trump was, and the hate that you're talking about from, from men, that's self-inflicted. Your, 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 your campaign slogan is, I'm with her. Fuck, this ain't about you. It's yeah. about America. So when he said that, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick, uh, I'm going to be one of the most progressive presidents ever. I'm going to pick a, a woman of color. Like... Okay, uh, under what circumstance does that make any sense if you're really, like, your main goal should be pick the best candidate, yeah. whether it be a man, whether uh, it be a woman, whether it be a white person, a black person, an Indian person, a Mexican, any person, but the best suited, you know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, yeah, I think Pete Buttigieg would have been, like, a good vice president. 
Yeah, well, it, it's it's interesting because the day before uh, that he he picked Kamal Harris, or the day before that it was announced, there was something trending on Twitter in which they had Buttigieg. It showed a flight from uh, Indiana to Delaware where Biden is. And what they were saying is that Buttigieg is on a flight and that might be him like getting the word or whatever the case that he's going to be like the vice presidential pick. And I guess like it would have kind of swept the rug up from everybody because Biden didn't go the direction that he said he was going to go. When I saw that. That would have been pretty smart. It, yeah, it's smart and like it would have been it was a little scary to me like possibly because, a checkmate too. Yeah, because I was like, damn, okay. This is interesting cuz yeah. number 1 Trump's campaign was probably prepared for this woman of color, right? So now you took that away from them. Now you get Indiana because Pence is from Indiana. Buttigieg is from Indiana, so now you ha- you you kind of make that a little bit more competitive. On top of the fact that it does seem like Buttigieg is relatively well liked in Indiana, and he's a Christian, even though he's gay, he's a Christian, he's an evangelical. So you might get a lot of uh, a lot of the more new age evangelicals on with you. I think that would have been a little bit more of a worthy pick for Biden. But he didn't do that. So I imagine what that conversation with Buttigieg was is probably like a cabinet pick because uh, a cabinet position rather, because the reality of the situation is that Biden owes favors. Let's take into account the two prior times that Biden has ran for president in his political career aside from this particular run. And one was in 1973, way before you and I were here. And then the other one was, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's when he entered, he entered politics. His first presidential run was uh, some years after that, about 15 years after that in 1988. Still, we were, we were uh, maybe not even crawling or walking then. and then, and then again in 2008, both times he failed horribly, but with 2008, he made enough of an impression on Obama for Obama to pick him as his vice presidential, uh, running mate. Now in both times, Biden proved that he was not very likable, didn't have a lot of support in this particular time. It was pretty much the same thing for him until the Demo- the Democratic Party kind of collaborated together to make him the front runner. Because you yeah. remember it was like one week where they all just dropped out. Yes. Yeah. And it seemed like you know him and Bernie were were going toe to toe, and it was pretty close until like they all kind of dropped out, and like there would be no more competition, and then they all essentially s- filtered their votes to Biden. Yeah. So I think that speaks a lot about Biden's likability. I think also another thing that the Democratic Party needs to be concerned about is the fact that I think Kamala Harris's highest approval rating in the polls when it came to the Democratic primaries 
was 7% in California, which is her home state. If all you're getting is 7% in California, which is your home state, really, what would that mean for the rest of the nation? Yeah. That means that you're 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 very unlikable. Now, granted, people are not voting for Kamala Harris, but if there is that segment of voters out there that you and I have talked about before that sees Biden as a placeholder for Kamala Harris, then I think they're going to be looking at it like how you said earlier in this episode, Trump versus Harris as opposed to Trump versus Biden. Yes. Yeah. And... I mean that you shot yourself in the foot, Biden. And I mean, let's let's not even. You guys fell victim to your own game, identity politics. That's that's what this is. And <laughs> as I'm always laughing because you're always uh, picking moments in which you know in 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 different cities and different states when politicians are living by the woke and dying by the woke. Yeah. This seems definitely like it's geared towards that uh, because even people are now taking notice uh, Biden's press conferences where like people are rushing the the interviewers out. Yeah. And, and it's like, man, you, you're really not like you're not seeing any footwork either. Like, let me give you an example right now. You're seeing uh, Steve Bannon has made himself into the limelight. I would assume because Trump's like, all right, well, this is our game plan. This is what we want to push. Um, People from Trump's campaign are starting to come out and kind of express what what the whole game plan is. You're not getting that from Biden. You're getting, I'm going to hide him. We're going to hide him. We're not going to leave too many questions. Kamala could take care of the questions. Yeah. And and even then, it'll be limited. And we'll have some fake articles from everywhere saying how much of a moderate she is yeah two things that i want to say about everything that you just said one 100 correct and i and i i see it exactly the way that you do and it's funny because biden did the opposite of what hillary did hillary picked somebody as her running mate with tim kane that is like not going to take any of the limelight from her yes like it's just like this guy is so fucking bland milk toast <laughs> beta cuck weak ass motherfucker that it's like he is not gonna like he he does nothing like it's just so i think that's that spoke a lot to to hillary's ego you know what i'm saying it's like i got this like i just need somebody there and and so it, it made her campaign her campaign even more bland than it already was with biden he did the opposite he wants somebody to take the limelight or his handlers want somebody to take the limelight, want somebody to like kind of energize things because either one, they don't feel that he can or or they don't feel like he can handle everything that's going to come. So now we could put her in front of the cameras. We could put her, you know, out there to answer questions yeah. and everything like that. But again, what that all that's going to start serve to do is show people that he's a placeholder for her. That yeah. it's going to sort of reinforce that narrative. And I don't know how much that's actually going to help them. And she's not charismatic. She, she's charismatic in the sense of like... Yeah, she she's energetic, but but yeah. like, yeah, she's not like likable. And, and then now, and then she's not authentic, which we, we're going to get into like, like 
how authentic she is or isn't because yes. because of some of the things that she's sort of flip-flopped on in her in in and not just her career in just this little time frame that she's been in the presidential limelight we know that she's flip-flopped on Biden's accusers. You say you believe his accusers. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, like, you came out and you said, I believe them. I believe his accusers. Hashtag believe all women. Hashtag me too. Like, so you're on that. But now, no. Okay. Or or are you willing to put that aside? Or what changed? Very weird. Very odd. And then you more or less called Joe Biden everything but a racist like pretty much everything you could call him under a racist you didn't say the word racist but pretty much everything that you could call him in the realm of racism you called him that you set the stage for people to think it yeah on top of the fact that throughout his own gaffes he's sort of reinforced that so now very interesting moment from from Stephen Colbert. I don't know if you saw that recently. She was on his show, and he asked her about those two particular things. I didn't see it. No. Yeah, what very, very interesting. And then she's like, <laughs> she's like, it was a debate. It was a debate. Matter of fact, I think I have the clip here. If I could pull it up, and then I'll uh, I'll play it, and I th- you're gonna find it very very interesting right here. Because in those debates, you landed haymakers on Joe Biden. I mean, they were his teeth were like chiclets all over the stage. And now I believe you that you're fully supportive of him. How does that transition happen? How do you go from being such a passionate opponent on such bedrock principles for you? And and now you guys seem to be pals. It was a debate. <laughs> Not everybody landed punches like you did, though. It was a debate. <laughs> so you don't mean it. It was a debate. That the whole reason, literally, it was a debate. It was called a debate. Everyone I understand. Traveled to the debate. There were journalists there covering the debate, where there would be a debate. Because. That's her problem, is she, and that, that's what I'm saying. She's not charismatic. She'll say stuff and then nervously laughs. She's like Hillary, and even and, and like and I like Marco Rubio, but Marco Rubio, Rubio also has that problem, where you're very robotic, and yeah. then you don't know how to, and and well, there you saw she had there was she didn't answer the question. No, and but more more importantly than not answering the question is the fact that is like. In not answering the question, you've created more questions about, so did you not mean it then? Yeah. Or are you so willing to go after power and a position that you're willing to throw aside who and what you are and what you believe in? Or as Colbert said, your bedrock principles for this said position. And now those questions are out there. And another thing that I think aside from everything that you mentioned about Bannon being out there, the things that Trump's campaign is doing and everything like that, that I wanted to mention, but we got into this is that remember that book? I know you read it also. I read it. I think I might've even recommended it on, on, on the show, uh, true crime addict yes. by, by James Renner. An amazing uh, book. Right. Well, 
in that book, in that book, remember how he says that he has like this uh, whole team or well, it wasn't a team because it wasn't he didn't put them together. But this whole Internet support from these Internet sleuths and he called them the Baker Street Irregulars and he got that terminology from Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, I don't know if you notice. But Trump has Baker Street Irregulars. He does. Like Trump's whole internet, like the people that rock with Trump on the internet, they create more of a force and they are getting at Kamala Harris to occur, just like like an amazing capacity that like really even overwhelms the mainstream media. Yeah. Like like the things about, about and now we could get into, now since we're, we're kind of getting into the moral territory of Kamala Harris, about... You know how she had an affair with Willie Brown, a politician from California. I want to say he was the mayor of San Francisco. And supposedly she was having an affair with him while he was married. So pretty much like the whole thing is like she blew her way to the top. She blew her way into politics. Like literally like blowjobbed her way in to get the job. Supposedly... Uh, it's Joe Blow 2020. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing their campaign slogan is. Or I've also heard Joe and the Ho. <laughs> like, Joe Ho uh, 2020. I said I wasn't going to say Thotmala Harris, but I guess I am Thotmala Harris. Like, like so there's all these, there's all this stuff out there about, about her. And now you get into the integrity territory. So it's like one thing to not like somebody's politics, which is how I felt about Hillary. But I never really had anything bad to say about Hillary in terms of how she was as a woman. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah, there was shit that she did, but it was still in the realm of politics that I didn't like. Like the Benghazi thing, everything, the emails. But all of that was in the realm of politics. But like how you conducted yourself personally, how she conducted herself personally, really, like all you really have to say for her is that she stood by Bill after, like, the whole Monica scandal, and some would say that's pretty noble for a yeah. woman. You know what I'm saying? So my point is you don't have the same ammunition that you have for, uh, I was about to call it Kamala Harris for Kamala Harris. <laughs> you don't have that same ammunition because the ammunition that you have for for Hillary was, was politics, Benghazi, the emails. There was a lot of stuff. Yeah. But now with, with, with Kamala, you have policy you have you have flip-flopping you have you know yeah, not being yeah. the the uh, how, how trump would say being a nasty woman like, <laughs> yeah. you know i mean those things do affect like whether whether people agree or disagree because like people want to make the argument oh well that's a double standard okay Maybe to you, but that doesn't that, that, that doesn't matter to voters. And plus, it does, it doesn't take away the fact that it exists. Whether it's yeah. a double standard or not, it doesn't take away the fact that it exists. And some people are going to see it that way. Yeah. So, I mean, you could go and try to find knock on every door of person that holds a double standard if you want. Yeah. That you'll be able to do it. So it is what it is. It's the reality of the situation. Now, juxtaposing the two. Well, the the vice presidential running mate and our current vice president, Mike Pence, they're going to have a debate. From what I understand, the debate is going to be on my birthday, October 7th. So that's going to be pretty badass. Um, Mike Pence versus Kamala Harris. You are Mike Pence. How do you go at her? How do you handle her? What do you do? What do you say in a debate? Well, 
There's the ammunition that you go in with. Obviously, you're going to yeah. get questions that you can't predict, but just your game plan going into that debate, how are you going into that? As Mike Pence? As Mike Pence. Him being more on the conservative side, I have to put myself in his shoes. Um, I would definitely... I don't know that he would do this, though. I, I would mention the adultery that happened. I would I would get that somewhere. I, I, whether it be when we're talking about principles, mm-hmm. as she has none, um, or they're very fallible. <laughs> yeah. Because it just changes like that. So I would definitely try and get into, into who she is personally, as a person, because I think that that's what people are that that's where like the dislike comes from from yeah. that already um as far as him being pretty conservative conservative just her draconian measures and yeah we saw one instance with the school but we've seen many instances where the second amendment is under attack yeah that you're I'm, I would, I'm definitely putting that on the table um Definitely, when it comes to illegal immigration, I think that's that's huge. I wouldn't I wouldn't delve into like the whole ICE thing, yeah. But I would definitely like the whole healthcare situation. I I would pose a lot of questions. How do you think we're going to pay for this after a pandemic? Yeah, where where so many states are already reeling when it comes to tax revenue. How how are we going to pay for this, Kamala? Yeah, you know, like I would. Bring the I, I, w- I would do everything in my power to bring all these questions and bring like the the word to her because she doesn't know how to answer. She laughs and she just keeps repeating words and she's done that on multiple occasions because she was even on the on the Breakfast Club when they were asking her about if she has she ever smoked weed and she started getting nervous. When she gets nervous, she's very unlikable because yeah. she becomes very robotic. So that's my approach I would take with him. If I were Mike, the only thing is, I don't know that he would feel comfortable with certain instances, like like the uh, adultery. Do you think that he would bring that up? I know Trump would. Yeah, Trump would. I don't think Mike Pence would bring up the adultery, but I do think, and I do think that he should be coached to bring up, do you still f- believe Biden's accusers? And do oh, you and, and yes. do you still see him as not a champion for for black rights? You because she she said that she's not calling him a racist. She doesn't think he's a racist. So I don't think you he should use that word. But do you see him not? Do you still not see him as a champion of black rights? And then I would make her answer or or or, or press her as hard as possible to see. What has changed, like in this time frame, what has changed, and then also have some stuff ready for that because uh, then I would bring up like the whole Charlemagne interview and everything that he said is like because it's hard to see that any of that has changed when like he's been saying all these things. Also, another thing too is. I would use a little bit for some reason I feel like it would work on her. I would use a little bit of reverse psychology. I would bring up the fact that there was an interview. I wouldn't bring up the interview, but I, I would like looking at that, like looking at her psychology, 
in that in an interview she mentioned how when she was asked about the what how she feels about being running mates with Joe Biden this was when she was still in the primaries and she said oh I think Joe Biden would be an excellent vice president. Like, she pretty much brushed off, like, I would be his vice president. She's like, that motherfucker would be my vice president. Yeah. So I would bring up that, like, if, 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 if Pence can, like, orchestrate that in a fashion where that whole instance is brought up, I would ask. I would be like, because you clearly are a champion or of black rights or, or this is what you believe in, but... He isn't, and we see, and then give like all of the examples. Yeah. So what has changed? You know, like some sort of thing. But obviously, yeah. you don't. You probably don't. You don't want to say that he, that you are a champion of black rights because then people are gonna probably see her that way. So it, you, I would try to orchestrate a little bit of reverse psychology in the sense of like some way somehow alluding to the fact that she should be the front runner. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Something along that lines. I don't know. For some reason, I feel like. That would work on her. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think I think you're right. I, I also think that when it comes to pressing, because we've seen her reactions now, it's like it's like watching uh, uh, a, another sports team, and you're, you're one team, and you're observing like kind of the habits, mm -hmm. the the nuances of each player, what what they do, what side they go to more, what what they have a habit of doing in general, and so we know that if she's asked, well, what happened to all of this in your principles, right? By, by Colbert, that she's going to say something, something along the lines, it was a debate. And then you now know, is like, well, you're not answering the question. I'm, I'm going to ask it again. Mm -hmm. where, where you're kind of pressing, pressing, yeah. pressing. And, and don't, don't, don't stop pressing. And then basically make that into like, well, you see, this person doesn't, you don't, you don't want to answer because you know that you, your your principles yeah. don't matter and you'll do anything to And me. highlight the fact yes. that she's not answering. Yeah. And I think if you bolster her ego enough, she'll become unhinged, I think. Like, yeah. she seems very, like, uh, 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 power strong. So yes. I think if you bolster her ego enough, she'll be unhinged enough where she could throw their campaign off. And I think what you said is a good strategy. Like, hold her accountable for the things that she doesn't answer and highlight it. The other day I saw um, uh, Mike Pence. I want to say it was on. He was either on Hannity or Tucker. He was he was on one of the Fox shows, and he threw out a crazy ass statistic. I did not know this. Very interesting, and he seems like he's a little bit of a, of a numbers guy, and he has like a lot of stuff lined up. And I think that'll be very good for him to roll out in in a debate with Kamala Harris. I don't know if you knew this, but Trump and Pence have added more jobs to the economy in the coronavirus than all of the eight years that Biden and Obama did. Oh, God. <laughs> How crazy is that? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So now you you have something like that, like numbers like that. And then on, on, on top of that, the other day, I think it was like two days ago, I saw a report that said that it was like the lowest unemployment since everything started with the coronavirus. Yeah. So that's another thing too that's going to create a big hurdle for Kamala and and uh and and Joe Biden when it comes to the campaign is as things get better, 
your talking points are less and less and now like what do you what will you really have come november or come october because the election is november 3rd so you really like october is the end the end of october is the end yeah like what do you what do you have you know yeah well you don't have much and it's pence and trump have to press because i feel like uh right now they're the uh, Biden and and Kamala. They have it very light. Everything's very easy. Everything. And then if you, they're, they, I, yeah, the Pence and Trump has to yeah. do the media's job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and, and you and it's like I I feel like it's one of those very uneven uh, matchups that everyone keeps bolstering the other team. Yeah. Oh, they're they're, they're going to be so good. They're going to be so good. Uh, put us in the ring. Yeah. I'm salivating at the fact that I'm going to destroy you. And if they. Look at it that way. I know Trump will, and Pence, if he's coached enough, since he's a little bit more of a laid-back guy, where he's just pressing, 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 I think the debates will all but settle everything from, from there. I really hope in the debates between Trump and Biden, obviously Trump is always going to go somewhat off-script, and that's good because like he's good at going off-script, but I do hope that he doesn't get too arrogant about Biden like don't underestimate your opponent you know yeah still still keep keep that in mind because you, you never know especially when you're entering a realm in which more than likely whoever the moderator is they're probably going to side with Biden yes yeah so keep that in mind and as far as Pence and Harris I think that's going to be a little bit more evenly matched on top of the fact that it's only going to be one debate. I think, though, that Pence could put the nail in the coffin for that campaign if he does the right things, if he goes about everything in a way where he kind of reminds the people that Joe Biden might only be a placeholder for Kamala Harris. I think he would do like irreparable damage to their campaign if he does that. I think he'll do irreparable damage to their campaign if he bolsters her ego enough to make her kind of get unhinged. And I think he'll do irreparable damage if he does what you said, press her and then highlight the thing she doesn't answer. Yes. Well, that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep on listening. Remember, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google, and SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at Hanging with Apes. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.